If you would, if you would, turn your Bibles to 1 Kings 19, verses 19 through 21. I'll be in the NIV version. Um, I'll be in the NIV version. And um, let me just go ahead and read this. And, and just know Elijah and Elisha <laughs> is in this text, all right? Some people say Elisha, but I just don't like pronouncing it Elisha. So just kiss my sha and my ja, all right? So Elijah sent from uh, there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha uh, then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Uh, Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah, (laughs) replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah, with a J, and became his servant. Lord, I ask for your power, your grace, your patience, your spirit, your sweet, sweet spirit to encompass myself, this house, the streaming audience, the technology, the speakers, the cars, the radios, the transmitter, the LED screen, all of the technology, the human ability, the spirit, emotions. I ask you to channel all that energy together to make sure the word goes forth, goes forth clearly, goes forth with precision, goes forth the way that you would have it go. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. And when when I finish preaching, y'all just stay in your cars for a moment. I have something else to say after this. Elijah's call to Elisha. Oh, first of all, I want to talk to you. Let it burn. I'm not Usher. I ain't Usher, but let it burn. You feel me? (laughs) Let, 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 it, let it burn. I'm not talking about relationships. I may be. I don't know, but, but, let, but let it burn. Come on, somebody. I, 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 it's, it's your past. Just, just let it burn. Come on, somebody. I know you, I know, I know you want to rekindle some stuff that's already dead and supposed to be gone, but, 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 but uh, you know what? Just be like Usher. Let it burn. <laughs> anyway, Elijah's call to Elisha was a call that demanded surrender and obedience to the Lord. Heeding the commandment of God, Elijah left Mount Sinai and struck out to pursue the mission God had given him. First, he sent Elisha uh, uh, to issue the most important call, assign him the call of his replacement. When he found Elisha, hold on, let me do something right quick. Y'all give me one moment. When he, when he found Elisha, the young man was not idle, but rather working hard in the fields and plowing. Walking up to the young man, Elijah unexpectedly threw his cloak around Elisha. And then instead of stopping, Elijah continued on his journey, leaving it up to Elisha to decide whether or not to follow him. See, throwing the cloak around the shoulders of a person was a symbol of God's call. 
In this case, it was a symbol that the young man was to be Elijah's uh, successor, and he was being chosen to bear the mission of the prophet. Responding immediately to God's call, Elisha ran after Elijah and requested time to say farewell to his father and mother. Elijah granted him permission to say his farewells, but he strongly encouraged Elisha to consider God's call and not change his mind. With permission uh, granted, the young appointee returned briefly to his family to celebrate his appointment and departure with the final meal. Note what else Elisha did. As a symbol of turning from his old life to a new life, he slaughtered his oxen and burned the plowing equipment. He was def definitely breaking with his old life and beginning a new service for the Lord. Sitting down with his family and friends, he enjoyed a final meal with them. Then he set out to join Elijah to become his successor in training. Hold on, hold on. Did you catch what I said, though? He burned his past to a crisp. Come on, somebody. First of all, they, 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 I, I, I get into this later, but they, they weren't poor. He burned. I ain't got no kids, but let, let me get my child a car. And, and, and he want to symbolize that he's going to walk around with Jesus and, and set it on fire. I, he burnt <laughs> all the stuff up, all right? Y'all going to find out why you should be so mad when I get into exegeting the text a little more. But he eliminated his plan B. See, y'all going to see how, 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 how. You know, I'm a preacher, but I watch movies, okay? So, so Bad Boys too, right? It's a scene where they're rescuing Gabrielle Union's character. You know, I don't really be knowing the characters' names. I still don't know Will Smith and Martin Lawrence's names on the movie. I just know who they are. And I don't be caring about the names. It's just the movie, the action. I don't even care about the plot, you know? I'm just looking at the chase and stuff. But anyway, I, I, this rare time, I'm actually listening to the lines, right? And, and, and Martin Lawrence... They, they get stuck somewhere, and, 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 and they're driving, and, and they're frantically trying to figure out what's going on. So Martin says, uh, Martin says, how are we going to get out of here? You know how he be so frantic. And, and, and they in Cuba with the, with the, the cartel chasing him, and, and, and everybody is panicking. And Will Smith, in his cool way, just says, let's go to plan B. And Martin, you know, says... Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> this ain't no plan B. What are you talking about? Plan B. He said plan B. And, and so they still driving and, and, and it's, it's, it's still going on and it's crazy and chaotic. And then it pans down to one of the cabins we don't know that's in the cave. And he says, what the heaven is plan B? I mean, he didn't say heaven, but, you know, rated PG-13 at church. You know, so, so what, what, what I'm showing you is, the, the writers were really subtly showing us they didn't have a plan B. See, they, they, the writers were showing us this team was fully committed that, and failure was not an option. Nine times out of ten, failure is resorting to plan B when plan A gets too risky, too costly, too difficult. See, that's why most people are living their plan B. They didn't burn their past and eliminate their plan B. And as a result, they dropped the true blessing of plan A. Plan A people don't worry about plan B. 
See, they'd rather crash and burn and not chasing their God-ordained dreams and succeed no matter what. And let me tell you this, 10 times out of 10, when you walk by faith and not by sight and say, this is what God told me to do, I promise you, you won't fail. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen today. But if you keep pressing toward the mark of the holy call, it will happen. When God tells you to do something, you just do it and it'll work. That is, it's God. If you're hallucinating, that's on you. But if God has spoken to you, it will work. It was funny. When I presented my contract and my bylaws to, to preachers in the ATL and, and prominent preachers, I didn't go to no, you know, I didn't go to no 50-member church preachers. I went to, to preachers who I knew knew what they were doing, you know. And even if they didn't, it looked like they did. You know, I had to vote, you know, and I went to, 6,000-member church, 1,500-member church, 2,000-member. I, I, I asked all them, you know, I, they looked over the salary. They looked over the contracts. They, they looked over this, and they said, hold on, look at these, these, these bylaws. I love you, newbies. Grow, we good now, but uh, these bylaws look kind of crazy. I, I don't think you need to go there. And another one said, well, you know what, a year, a year probation? What you going to do if, if they fire you in a year? Oh, mm, no, nah, you shouldn't go up there. And, 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 and another one looked at it and said, dude, this salary crazy. You, you, you get paid a lot here. What, what, what you going uh, uh, over there for? That's, that's crazy. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you should go. And, you know, where there's much counsel, there's safety. But I think that the Holy Spirit just said, forget the safety net. Because everybody told me no. And, and, and God said, no, I, I, I heard you. you. You went, you did obedience, but, but, but the Holy Spirit said, you need to go. He said, you called the priest. Anybody else called you the pastor? And I was like, no. He's like, all right, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you follow me and go where I tell you to go. And I went because it's better for me to go where my purpose is and not where my comfort is. And it's amazing how so many people say, oh, they need you over here or they need you over there. I don't want to go where I'm needed. I want to go where I'm supposed to be. And so many people miss their call because they go where they may think they need it and they got more money over there or they go where they think they're needed. But they need to go where God has ordained them to go. It made absolutely no sense for me to leave my job and come here. But there are moments in life where you have got to be like Elisha and burn your plan B to the ground. Elisha turned his plowing equipment into kindling, barbecued his oxen. He burned his past and gave up his old life to walk into his new life. He couldn't go back because he destroyed the means for himself to return to his past. It was the end of Elisha the farmer and the beginning of Elisha the prophet. Oh, come on, somebody. Stop and think about the symbolism Elisha did. Elisha literally cooked his old way of life. He eliminated the possibility of going back to farming by eating his oxen and burning it, his plow equipment. It doesn't matter what you are trying to do to lose weight, complete a dissertation, train for a marathon. The first step is always the longest and hardest. And in order 
to step toward our future, you have to let go of your past. Set it on fire. Eliminate all the possibilities to backtrack. That's how you go after vision. That's how you break strongholds. That's how you press toward the mark of the holy call. You leave the past, light it on fire, and let it burn. Shout in the mirror. Shout to the pastor in your car or whoever in your house. I'm about to take it back old school. My past, my past, my past is on fire. I don't need no water. Let my wretched past burn. Don't you put no other words in there. Elisha, <laughs> he didn't need to burn. <laughs> he didn't need to burn his plowing equipment to follow Elijah. But he made a statement. It, it was a statement of faith. There was no turning back. It, if its prophetic apprenticeship with Elijah didn't work, he had no place else to go. This was the moment Elijah totally bought in. He was fully present in the here and now. It's not living past tense or future tense. That doesn't mean you don't learn from the past or plan for the future, but you don't live there. You have to live as though each day is the first day and last day of your life. Have you ever made a statement of faith, a defining decision accompanied by a dramatic action that symbolized your absolute commitment to Jesus Christ and his call? Remember the tax collector who, who, who put his faith in Christ? He gave half of the possession to the poor. And, and that's not even what saved him. But, 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 but the dramatic action was evidence. And not only did he do that, he said, I paid back four times anybody I cheated. He didn't need to do that. But because he met Jesus and his sin was finances, come on, somebody, it, it made sense to give up some finances. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all know you got some strongholds. Uh, you know, some of y'all, uh, come on, you need to give up your iPhone. <laughs> your, your, your little black book. Huh? Yeah. All them shot glasses you brought from them other countries. I'm just saying, I ain't, I ain't saying ain't nothing wrong with drinking. Some of y'all are some alcoholics. You don't need no shot glass. You, don't, you, you, you just need some cups. <laughs> you don't need no red cup either. You, you just need a regular, a regular drinking glass. You, you, you feel me? Remember the prostitute that anointed Jesus? She broke open her alabaster jar. See, that, that, that isn't what saved her. But the dramatic action was evidence of a defining decision. She gave her most precious possession. That, 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 that was a whole year's salary. Not, not, not only was it worth a lot of money, it was also a part of her sex appeal. Come on, somebody. Bringing it over was her way of setting her past on fire. Giving up that jar to serve Jesus was her way of giving her former life to Jesus. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. I'm sweating and maybe talking to myself. I don't know. Remember the revival in Ephesus? Some of y'all don't because you don't read your Bible, but I'm going to tell you about it. Those who practiced sorcery burned their scrolls publicly. Those scrolls were uh, worth an estimate 50,000 drachmas. A drachma uh, is, is one silver coin worth a day's wages. If you calculate this, uh, if you calculate this, Sister Wells, it'll come up to about $4 million. 
They made a $4 million statement. Can you imagine how many people tried to jump in that fire? You born in $4 million worth of stuff? Ain't gonna say, are you crazy? Is you crazy? The problem with us is that we want God to do something new while we do the same thing. Ooh. We want God to change our circumstances without having to change at all. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You get somebody a dollar for something that costs a quarter, you still want your 75 cent back. That ain't much. You want your change. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear me. God wants your change. He needs you to change. Einstein would call that insane. If you want new wine, you need to get some new wine skins. Talk, see, see, look, look at Moses. I talk about this all the time, but I'm going to talk about it again. But, 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 but Moses, I talk about this all the time. God told him to, to strike the rock the first time, told him to speak the next time, but he struck the rock again, and God got upset because he was doing something another way, the same way he told him yesterday. But he said, today I told you to do it another way. God gets upset when you don't walk in lockstep with him. Stop trying to do stuff your way. Stop dwelling on your past failures. And can I tell you a secret, Sister Kim? Stop dwelling on your past successes too. All of them hold you back. Folks still talking about what they did in 1995. Girl, in 1995, you remember I sang that day, girl? Okay, when the last time you sang, girl, at the club in 1995, remember that? <laughs> you got to forget what's behind you and press toward the mark of your holy call. See, you got to stop regretting the past and start learning from it. Let go of guilt. See, you know what keeps most of us in sin is the guilt. You do something wrong, and then you feel guilty. Let me tell you something. I feel bad of all the things I've done. That's why I'm doing this series. I mean, I think that's why God got me doing this, to make sure I help people recover, because I know I did. I know I hurt people in my life, and I know people hurt other people and blah, blah, blah. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a domino effect. You hurt somebody, somebody hurt, and, and it goes all around. But you got to be like Paul. You got to be Paul. See, some of us let people make us feel guilty and keep reeling us back in our stuff, and we repeat it, because when you're depressed, and when you guilty, and when you got all this, this see, see, it says in the Bible, uh, brother, brother, um, the thing it says in the Bible that the the poor are destroyed by their poverty. Why? Because that's what they keep thinking about. You are destroyed by your sinful nature. Because as a man or woman thinketh, so is he or she. When you keep dwelling on the past and let people keep pulling you back and reliving it, you will go right back into it because that's what's on your mind. Burn that stuff. I'm a new creature. See, I'm not trying to act like I'm Paul, but Paul is saying like this. I, I know I killed your mama last week, but you need to get over that. That's how Paul was, because he was killing folk. Peter, I, I know I probably killed your cousin. That's why you're mad at me, but look, I'm a new creature now. That, that was Saul. I'm Paul now. <laughs> I'm a new creature. And, and Paul would always say, I'm a sinner. Then we're all sinners, and he said, I'm the chief sinner. And we all fall short of the glory of God. But you got to leave it. You got to start leaving your past behind and stop letting people make you go on these guilt trips or you're going to stay where you are. Now, you keep doing it. That's you. But if you stop 
and you genuinely have a moment of repentance, and you walk in the way you need to walk, you got to forget that past, apologize and say you're sorry, but there's no way. And stop trying to re stop it. Some of y'all need to stop it. He burned it. He set it on fire. I don't know if he did everything right. I don't know if he did some stuff wrong. I don't know. But he said, you know what? Whatever I did here, I'm done with it. Whoosh. Now don't set his eye. No, in the left eye, don't you go set that man house on fire. <laughs> no, don't you do it. <laughs> <laughs> see, 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 the thing about it is you, you got to get to the point where, 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 where what's better is, is more intense than your pain. See, or, or, or you got to get to the point where the pain is great enough for you to leave, it, you leave that stuff alone. And sometimes God will create some pain in your life to, to make sure you separate from your stuff. Come on, somebody. It, it's a story about an old uh, a dog, and, and the dog was barking all night, and the neighbor came over. Uh, Brother Derek and said, look, will you make your dog stop barking? My goodness, when is he going to ever stop barking? He said, why your dog barking? He said, he's on a nail. And he said, well, when the dog going to get off the nail? And the owner said, when it hurt him bad enough. <laughs> and, 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 and it's a lame story, but at the end of the day, you will get up and move and do something when it hurt bad enough. And sometimes you think the devil is causing you pain. Sometimes God gets tired of looking at you in the same spot and boom, he'll put you in the belly of a well like Jonah. Come on, somebody. And boom, he'll put a thorn on your side like he did Paul. Come on, somebody. He'll do something to you to make sure he gets you in the right place. He says, I chastise those who I love. Y'all understand that staff, you can poke with it, but it also got a hook on it. Come on, somebody. And, and that hook with the staff of the shepherd, whoo, sometimes you're getting whiplash because God yanking your crazy behind back into the fold. And sometimes a yanking will hurt you more than a poking. And God will chastise you and make sure he let it hurt you to get you where you need to be. Mm. Elisha was born and raised in a region of Israel known as uh, Abel Mehola. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It sounds like aloha to me. But, 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 but the English meaning of the Hebrew word is metal of the dancing. I mean, you happy. That's the exact opposite of Lodabar. So if, if you got two round trip tickets and one say, you know, Abel Mehola and Lodabar choose Abel, all right? Uh, he grew up rich. His family resided in the prosperous region of the Jordan Valley. His family had 12 oak of oxen. Most family only had one. And you know what a yoke is. A yoke is two, right? So that means they had 24 oxen. Most people only had two, right? They had 24. They were wealthy. For Elijah to burn the oxen, he was burning his inheritance. <laughs> his arsenic action probably cut him out the wheel. Like I said, set something on fire, I bought you. <laughs> huh? God better come down and talk to me like he talked to Joseph when, when Mary was pregnant. Maxwell, I told him to burn the car. You better... Better tell me something, Lord, because he, he, he finna be a burnt offering. Uh, you better grab my arm like Abraham. Come on, somebody. But, 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 but I'm sure <laughs> that was a bold act. 
that was bold enough. And so he asked, he asked God and asked Elijah, I need a double portion of your anointing. Because Elisha committed 100% to God, God granted Elisha his request. When you give your all to God, he will give his all to you. God will never let you outgive him. Never. The reason why he didn't let Abraham sacrifice Isaac because he knew no man or woman could give anything greater than that. He said, no, you can't outgive me. I walked down 40 and two burning generations, walked through all of this stuff. Come out, Emmanuel, God is with us. I'll sacrifice myself because I'm not going to let you outgive me. Oh, some of y'all be stingy with your tithes and offerings, but God ain't going to never let you outgive him. You better understand that. Oh, you better understand that. When, when, when I sow seeds, I know they're coming back in some way, form, or fashion. You got to understand you will never outgive God. The problem is you keep looking for the seed to grow up in the same place you planted it in. Oh, my friend was talking about her, her little son wanted to give away some stuff, and, and he gave it away. And I know that he was upset because other people didn't give him anything back. But I'm here to tell you right now, at the end of the day, wherever you plant the seed that don't mean it grows right there when you have a kingdom heart and you know how to give to people and you know how to plant seed that don't mean the seed will grow up right there where you planted it there it'll grow up somewhere else Elisha made the sacrifice at his house and the double anointing came in the midst of Elijah Stop looking for people to give you stuff back every time you give to them. If God say give, you give. It don't matter if they give back to you or not because you don't give to get back. You give because God understands that when you have a good heart, when you have a good heart, he knows he can trust you. And even if you're giving it to some old mean old baddie lady who don't deserve nothing at all because God told you to give it to her anyway, she might not ever give you anything. She might cuss you out to the day she died but God will water that seed and it might not grow up in the same place but it'll grow oh hallelujah he ain't gonna never let you out give him it, it doesn't mean you would get it automatically but the way you ensure that you receive the blessing that is meant for you is to commit yourself totally to God and ask for what you want Remember the two blind men, they kept saying, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. And they were blind. It's obvious what they wanted. But Jesus said, what you want? Even though it was obvious they wanted to see, Jesus made them say specifically what they wanted. And some of us are not blessed because we don't specifically say what we want. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear it. You need to be specific. Jesus, what, what you want? Power, life, and death is where? It's in your tongue. So whatever you speak, that's what you get. A man's or woman's belly is satisfied by the fruit of their lips. Whatever you speak, going to come back. Elijah asked for a double portion of Elijah's of, of anointing. God granted, Scripture records 14 miracles from Elijah and 28 miracles from Elisha. That's exactly double. See, Elisha could have lived his entire life in the richness of the dancing meadow. So can you. You can play it safe instead of stepping out on faith. You can protect your reputation instead of risking it. Boy, we risk our reputation all the time. I tell you that, doing concerts in the midst of a pandemic, that's crazy. Ain't it? 
Glad it worked outside. Thank you, Brother Daniel, for hooking all the stuff up. It's good to have some ADHD folk on your team now to just put all this stuff together. Lord, have mercy. You can save your money instead of giving it. You can keep plowing your fields with your 12 yoke of oxen instead of following the call of God, but you might very well be forfeiting 28 miracles. God gave Elisha a double portion because he was willing to give up all he had to follow God. Therefore, God honored his faithfulness. Uh, see, 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 I, let me go back to when I was coming here and people told me not to come. And one of the reasons was because uh, he, 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 the, the money piece. And before I got here, you all had a church conference and they had a vote go on before I even got up here. And they got my salary pretty much what I made as a principal. Come on, somebody. Because I was willing to give it up. God brought it back anyway. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. When you learn how to honor God, God will never let you outgive him. You understand? He'll never let you out give him. Now, in the moment, sometimes you ain't thinking about that, and you're like, God, what's wrong with you? But then it brings back to my remembrance once he give it back. You know what? God will never let you out give him, ever. You see, if Jesus emptied himself of his divinity, glory, and majesty, and thought it not robbery not to be equal with God, but to come as a servant, why is it so hard for us to take a demotion or lesser status for God? Sometimes you got to go down in the kingdom. Oh, y'all know what I'm saying? To go up. Are you willing to start over for God? Are you willing to leave your job? Give up your money? Give someone a second chance? What are you risking in your life for God? Oh, every success story in the kingdom of God begins with giving something up. In God upside down kingdom... A step down is really a step up. And if you're willing to be demoted in the eyes of man, then you're ready to pro be promoted by God himself. It's difficult to imagine burning your entire business or inheritance, but what in your past or habits do you need to set on fire and let burn? Huh? What past success stories or failures do you need to forget in order to move forward and press toward the mark of his holy call? What, what bad habit? What sin? What regret? What guilt? See, the devil will always use your past failures and successes. See, we, we don't realize that he tried to use your past successes to hold you back. Huh? Yeah, let me kind of tell you something. Hey, I, ooh, ooh, I don't know if this God or me, but I'm going to say, ooh, I think it's the Holy Ghost because I ain't thought about it long. Ooh. See, some people didn't want to move here because they were still living on when they moved there. You see what I'm saying? They were still caught up in the joy of 30, I don't know how many years ago, 30 years ago, something. 30 something years ago, when they moved to 326 Tabs Lane, they were still clapping their hands. Come on, somebody. They were still happy about what happened. And here is God telling some young Negro, that y'all supposed to go somewhere else. That ain't God. It wasn't that 
they didn't, it's, it's not that it wasn't God, it, that they continued to be stuck in the past and clapping and could have been a part of you clapping for that old building and you can clap and be like, bye-bye, baby, but we're going over here too. Come on, somebody. And when you begin to get forget about your past successes, you can move on. Sometimes your past success is just as much an anchor as your past failure because you keep dwelling on it and won't do anything new for God. What if Elijah would have got caught up on the first miracle and didn't do nothing else? What if Jesus would have got satisfied with turning water into wine? What if they got satisfied? What if Moses would have got satisfied with the first plague he sent? What if Jacob would have got satisfied with wrestling with God and that's all he did? What if Gideon would have got satisfied with the first battle they went through? What if, Mo come on somebody, what if they just got satisfied in one spot? What if Joshua would have been satisfied when he walked across the Red Sea and didn't ever go across the Jordan? Stop being satisfied with one success. Don't even be satisfied with two successes. He walked away, burned up everything, and walked in 28 miracles. Stop letting your past hold you back. Stop letting your mistakes hold you back. Stop letting your sin hold you back. We all fall short of the glory of God. He is the author and finisher of my faith. I know I can't do it by myself. It's his job. He's the author and finisher. The beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega. He who began a good work in you shall finish it. You ain't got to finish it. He will carry you across the finish line. I know you got a limp like Jacob. But can I tell you experiences why you got a limp? Some of y'all have had an experience with God. And you walk with a limp because... You're not, see, you got to stay in the natural a little bit because you're in this world. And that's why Jesus said, I know the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But let me give you this nugget right here. You're walking with a limp because part of you is in the spiritual realm. Come on, somebody. Part of you is in the natural realm. And you're sitting in the heavens getting instructions from God. If you really know how to pray and go to your prayer closet and pray in the spirit, is that you in the Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. When, when Jacob wrestled the angel, he had been wrestling him in another dimension and he began to, he walked with a limp because one foot is in heaven. Come on, somebody. And one foot is on. I don't know if you ever had needed an alignment. I remember one time I was running. They said one leg was longer than the other and they had to crack my back in place because I hurt my back playing basketball and one leg was barely touching the ground. But can I talk to you for a minute? One foot is barely touching the ground because one foot is in the heavens. Come on, somebody. Communing with God. Sitting up there with the elders. Communing with the angels because God will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And you gotta learn how to reach up to heavenly places. Some of y'all keep fighting your enemies day and night because you keep fighting them with your fist. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you can get on your knees and look toward the hills from which coming your help, when you walk in the spirit, he will 
deliver you. Your weapons are not carnal, but a spiritual for the casting down of strongholds and vain imagination because you're tearing down principalities from high places and anything that exalted itself against the armies of the living God. Do you know you're part of the army? You are a soldier in the army, which means when your boss touch you, he's messing with the armies of the living God. When your enemy touch you, they are messing with the army of the living God. And you ain't got to cuss them out. You ain't got to say nothing back. All you got to do is get in your prayer closet and talk to God and say, God, handle my enemies because the battle is not mine. It is yours. Walking in the spirit. Set your past on fire. You don't need nothing from your past. I need y'all to start walking in the spirit. I need you to start walking in the spirit. I need you to start walking in the spirit. Oh, yeah, I need you to start walking in the spirit and warring in the spirit. I'm sorry for people in the midst of this sermon. I'm sorry for everybody I've ever done wrong or anything. I apologize to you. I can't dwell on it. When you become a new creature, do you know you're going to become a new creature every so often? Because your newness, not your newest thing you're going to ever experience. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Paul put it like this. You go from glory to glory. It just meant he was going from one level to another level. From glory to glory. I want you to go to another glory. 